Check, check. I worship you, oh my mighty God, there is none like you. I worship you, oh Prince of Peace, that is what I long to do I give you praise for you are my righteousness I worship you almighty oh, God there is none like there is none like you, no one else can touch my heart like you do. I can search throughout eternity, Lord, and cry out, there is none, there is none. There is none like I must be in the wrong place. I just mentioned the Lord several times, and y'all sitting there looking at me like I'm strange. Stand to your feet and give God some praise in this house. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And if God has been good to you, you owe him the praise. And now just for 20 or 30 good seconds, can you forget about all of your issues, all of your problem, all of your pain, and praise God at the same level that he's blessed you? Come on. I, I cannot hear you. Come on and praise him. There is none. There is none like Jesus, 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 y'all, there's something about his name. Oh, Master, Savior, Jesus, like the fragrance after the rain. Jesus, 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 let North Central <laughs> University proclaim king and kingdoms. They will all pass away, but there's something about his name. Come on and give him some praise. Let's pray. God, our Father, I pray your blessings. 
And I want to thank you for who you are and for all that you've done. Thank you, Lord God, for allowing us the opportunity and the privilege to come to your presence again as we first offer you praise. And now, God, as we've come time for the preaching, teaching, and instruction, I ask you to arrest my mind. Help me to preach and speak with clarity, conviction, and power that the people's faith would not stand in the wisdom of men, but in yours and yours alone. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on and give God some praise in this house. Let me say to the president, and thank you so much for allowing something like me to come and give you all to the best of my ability the convictions about this God that we serve. And Professor Collins, known you for a while, God bless you. And I've known Reverend Porter since he was a kid. Because I used to come and preach for the church his dad was pastor at when I was much younger. And his dad was one of the only preachers and pastors that would mess with me at the time. So we are thankful. Listen, so we don't waste your time. I want to call your attention to Acts chapter number eight. Acts chapter number eight. I want to read a few verses out of this. One starting at verse 26, 27. And for time purposes, I'm going to hunk some of this reading off. So when you get back to the dormitory or your room, you can read the rest of it. Acts 8, 20. Six says, and the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who hath the charge of all her treasure. And had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Esaias, Isaiah, the prophet. Drop down to oh, verse 34. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee of whom speaketh the prophet this of whom of himself or of some other man. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? Uh, then drop down to verse number 39. And when they were come up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. I want to lift a thought out of verse 36, the latter part of the text. He says, see, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Dr. Porter, that's what I want to tag this text. What's hindering me? I hail from the southwestern part of Michigan a farm community. We call it for the most part up south. There was 
out of 100% of people, about 2% of those were African-American, and most of them was my family members. I graduated in 1976. I came here in August of that year playing basketball at Anuka Ramsey Community College. After graduating, I must confess that, beloved, in this spirit of 76 mindset and mode, we all believe that we would make a major impact on this world because you do know, and I, I pray that you understand, that one would have hoped by now that some of the schisms that exist in society, especially in the body of Christ, perhaps would have been eradicated by now. But beloved, since I was here last in 2020, I am sad to report to you that some of the same issues in 1976 that existed then is existing now. But even greater than that, I, one would think being born Baptist, raised Baptist, no choice, you was going to church. You had no thoughts about it. There was no other God you was going to worship in the house of Fletcher, Eugene McAfee, Baptist born, Baptist bred. When we die, we're going to be a Baptist dead. To deviate from the Lord, you was going to have a problem. But it was in the context of the basic Bible teaching that we understood that no one in clear thought and mind that has a unique relationship with the Lord can ever ascribe to a mindset and a mentality that because of the level or lack thereof of one's pigmentation would make one species above the other. We were taught to love everybody, treat everybody right. It did not matter red, yellow, black, or white. We are all precious in God's sight. Only to discover, beloved, that after moving away from home and getting into certain circles in life, I discovered to my own dismay that there are are some that gravitate and who have embraced supposedly the teachings of the authentic Christ that we somehow or another are still dealing with the same issue. I, I, I suggest to you and I don't know where you stand but I will have you to know that if you believe in that book the 66 books not that I don't know about any of the other books and not that I don't know about any other religions but baby I am a Christian and I am not afraid nor am I ashamed to proclaim it Jesus walked this earth for 33 long years. He fed like a grocery man, healed like he was a doctor, defended like he was a lawyer. They hung him high, stretched him wide. He hung his head and died. And guess what? He coming back again. And the real question is, are you going to be ready? And what I've discovered is, is that somewhere along the line, we've got to get this thing right, beloved. Because if the child of God cannot get it right, what can we expect from the world? And beloved, as when, I, when I received this invitation, this passage arrested my mind, Dr. Collins. Because I believe that it is in the context of this text that we may be able to find some nuggets that might help us get beyond our present day circumstance. It's interesting and intriguing because if you study it for a 
long time, it will certainly show you the place of authentic ministry. Well, listen to the story. Philip, who is one of the main characters in the text, he leaves Samaria and he's going down y'all on a desert road called Gaza in the desert. Now, here's the first thing I want you to understand because in today's society, we got way too many preachers. They want the palace, but not the pit. Holler back at your boy if you please. Let me try that one more time. See, many people, they always look at what they think is the glorious part of ministry, but the desert part they don't want. They want to be on the top, but they don't ever want to be on the bottom. But baby, authentic ministry is when you yield yourself to divine will of God and say, Lord, wherever you send me, I'm willing to go. Because there is ministry on a lonely desert road and so here we have the text says number one he's an Ethiopian number two says he is a eunuch and number three says he's got great authority the text says he has nationality which is a Ethiopian he then has sexuality which deals with him being a eunuch And then he has authority, which deals with his power. Each and every one of these things could be the reason why the question may be answered, what is it that's hindering me? Can my nationality hinder me? Why y'all so quiet? Talk to me. Can me being an American hinder me? Can me being African hinder me? Can me being European hinder me? And and, and, and beloved, we see it demonstrated. Throughout America now, where we've got a a, a a collective collage of constant and chronic complainers about everything, the left and the right, I'm sick of all of them. Got some where everything white is right, where everything black is wrong. Then you got some where everything black is right and everything white is wrong. Forget the fact that all of us got about five miles of veins, five quarts of blood that shoot through your body at revolution in 23 seconds. You got leukocytes and urocytes, anvil, steroids, and harps, and, 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 and you think you different? You think you different? And here we are. We are being hindered. I always teach the people of New Salem that America, I, my belief, Mr. President, is that America will never explode. She will implode. Because she's yet to learn the value of all of us. Can my race hinder me? Oh, beloved, when the writer talks about and all of that getting, getting understanding, you can have empathy for me as a black man. But trust me, unless you done lived in this skin that I'm in, You don't have a clue. And even some black folk, uh, when they look at anything black, 
they hate. Your race can hinder you. Right now, like 94 going east and west, we got black bodies laying in the street being shot by other black folk because of what they see and because of, of, of their own, what they claim is their nationality, their own clique. The highs and the lows, we're dying at alarming rates because race and skin color is hindering us. Then, not only does he say it could be my nationality, and here is the part that not many folk want to deal with no more in 2002-2020. Can sexuality hinder me? He is a eunuch. Some writers suggest he was born this way. Others suggest it's something that he gravitated towards. And some say he was made a eunuch so he could serve a, a royalty without any questions about his loyalty. Can sex hinder me at a time in life where even the state that we are in they're trying to erase gender specificity? Well, I know, I hope y'all know what y'all got when y'all call me. <laughs> you mean to tell me you want me to gravitate towards a mindset to tell my grandsons you ain't got to be no boy? You can choose to be a girl? I'm from the country. Boy is a boy. Girl's a girl. And I ain't changing. Nope, I'm not changing. I'm not giving up. I believe God made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Do what you want, but I'm not changing because I'm of the mindset that sexuality is hindering us. What's wrong with us, y'all? Y'all, compound word from you all. Y'all. When are we going to look and examine our lives in the light of the word of God? When are we going to fight the enemy within? Where we think we can do anything that we want and God is just going to rubber stamp it. They're so loving. Yes, a lot of people are loving. I'm glad you're loving. Matter of fact, a few years ago when the debate came about, uh, about same-sex marriage, uh, uh, Dr. Porter, they, they, they said, well, Reverend, uh, uh, if basically if you, you, you don't agree with us, uh, you hate us. Well, I didn't know at the time I hated you. I really didn't because I just think people who hate is crazy. But if, if me ascribing to what you say that you're trying to push me into, I guess I hate you then. 
I mean, if that's your definition, because I, I, I've never exhibited any hate, I, I've never exhibited any changes, but, but you're trying to suggest to me that you ought to, you, ought, you, you, you ought to have an affinity or you ought to have just a little bit of tolerance from my belief, but yet now you don't want to tolerate what I believe. I believe that tolerance ought to go both ways, that if you want me to tolerate you believing it, you ought to be able to tolerate me not believing it and not trying to label me as hating you because I don't believe it. Preach, McAfee, I think I will. Can my race hinder me? Can, can, can sexuality hinder me? But not only can my race hinder me, my nationality, not only my sexuality, sometimes my authority, my place of position can hinder me. What I've discovered is that many times, beloved, is that a lot of people, they pray more when they got less. I can't hear nobody. <laughs> we, we, we sometimes pray more when we have left. And, and do you not know that history has recorded that there has been no nation that God has brought out like he did America and given them everything that he's given America and they retain their heart for God. That the minute they got on what we would call in our community on top of their game. They kicked God to the curb. How is your relationship when your money funny and your change is strange? How is your relationship now that everything is all right, you can wear St. John knit, red bottom shoes. You don't have to worry about money. You don't have to worry about anything. Is your commitment to God the same? What does hinder me? The caustic and critical question that he raises is interesting because there are several things that take place in this text that in order for this critical question to be answered must be prevalent. Number one, we see the problem of the Ethiopian. One he knew that he did not know. You missed a great place to shout. Let me try that again. He knew that he did not know. And then you got an unusual thing that's taking place because you got a man that don't know. He's willing to admit that he don't know. But the man that do know is willing to go join himself to the one that don't know. And he's not willing to make the one that don't know feel inferior while he feels superior. I can't hear nobody in here. And all of this, y'all, wasn't on the good road. It was on the bad road. Place of isolation. Place of desert. He meets him and he runs according to the anointing and the direction and the guiding of the Holy Spirit. I, I think I better say that again because, see, sometimes people don't get it. Uh, if you ask God most of the time, he'll direct your path. The question is, are you willing to go? Do you want to stay in Jerusalem where it's cool and comfortable? Or are you willing to go to the desert to where can't nobody see your ministry? But are you in the person that needs the ministry? 
Now, here's what's interesting. He don't know. He knows he don't know. He admits he don't know. And the person that do know who has the answer for his anguish, the balm for his billows, the cure for his crisis, the panacea for his pain, and the tranquilizer for his trouble, he's right there saying, I know I can help you. Now, here's what's interesting in the text. If you notice, they first stopped. But some things only started happening as they started moving. Did y'all hear me? They were at a stationary place and then they started moving. And and, and guess what, y'all? Philip did not give him what he thought. Philip instructed him in what the word of God says. So we can put it this way. The authentic, affirmed child of God that's been called, qualified, and justified by God, that ought be an ambassador for God, you, know, you should not ever give somebody your opinion. You ought to tell them what God says. If you tell them what God says, God knows what he's doing. Now, I, I, I don't want to get technical because I understand the movings of, of the doctrine of provenient grace. But, but, but here, here's where I'm going to get ready to get out of here. Philip, verse 35 says, Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. If preaching Jesus don't do it. I think I'll say that one more time. I got to be in the wrong place. This got to be a Catholic place I'm in. I said to you, if preaching Jesus don't do it, y'all ain't talking to me. Let me say this right. I said, if preaching Jesus won't do it, then you need to stop it because, oh, it is Jesus. It is Jesus in my soul. I've touched the hem of his garment and his love has made me whole. It's still Jesus in the morning, Jesus in the evening, and Jesus at night. It's still Jesus. Hold it. Last point and I'm out of here. He gets there. And he stops. And the eunuch, the Ethiopian. Now here's the, the other area of tension in the text, professor. Where they find water at in the desert? It's there. And he says, see, here is water. What hinders me? And that's what I want to leave you with on this afternoon. What is hindering you? See, here is water because in this water is where the old me, the nationality, in this water, the sexuality, in this water, the authority is all drowned out. I've got to die that he might live. What's hindering you? What doth hinder me? God bless you.